getting women going and trying really cool, hard things. And it's, oh, it's so inspiring to see. And tons of routes out there highlight your specific talent. And it's just helping match and find what empowers and excites you. Discovering new pieces of yourself. And and that's, to me, what this is about. It's, you know, less about the running, the routes, whatever. That's cool. But it's just such a cool vehicle to getting to the next place. Welcome back to part two of the two-part series of the Women Who FKT. If you are just joining us, the Women Who FKT, well, go back and listen to the last episode. To be honest with you, it's going to make it way better. We talked to Marta and Stacy in episode one to talk about what this project is and why this group of women got together to start the FKT project, which was to encourage more women to take part in FKTs and get more times up on that website. I can do this. I can speak words. What is an FKT? It's fastest known time. Does that sound daunting? It does. But the one thing all five of the women spoke to was how inclusive it actually is and how you can find an FKT that is suited to your strengths and could be brand new. It absolutely does not mean you are the leader in most races that you do. It means that you found a route that suits your skills and your ability to organize and plan, and it completely opens up a whole new world. So we talked to Terry, who teamed up with Stacy from her last, our last episode with their epically long FKT along the Olympic Peninsula. And she talks about how FKTs helped find where she wanted to be with hard efforts, if maybe it wasn't in a race. Danielle is a coach and social worker and speaks about mental barriers and resilience and whether or not resilience can be taught. Dana is an overwhelmingly awesome and positive human being, and she talks about how FKTs can elevate you as a human in general. And all three of them were super inspiring to chat to. If you would like to leave the show a rating and review, that would be absolutely amazing, particularly on Apple Podcasts, if you happen to listen to it there, where you can type some words. Or just hit the five-star button. That's what helps us grow and it helps us get more people listening and more guests because there's so many stories out there still to be told. If you are new and you want a backlog of episodes because they do sort of disappear off the interwebs, you can find them on Patreon. So that link is in my bio uh, um, on Instagram and my handle is hillsport55, which I will also link to the show notes and I will link to the Patreon as well there. Um, yeah, so find me on Instagram, hillsport 55 write me messages and chat. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, who you want to hear from. Uh, I just have a list of guests ongoing and I just plan to talk to them all. So thanks again, everybody. And shout out to Alyssa who said I should chat with the women who FKT. This has been absolutely so much fun to get this project going and to see everybody that has accomplished an FKT and a huge congrats to these five women who have really pushed the boundaries. So here we go. Okay, the next guest on our little Women Who FKT mini-series is Terry Smith, who is in charge of the photography and does most of the social media, but also a very badass runner and fresh off a very long FKT herself, which I'm excited to get into. So welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you. I am very excited to be here. So let's have your brief kind of background. Uh, where are you living and how did you get involved in Women Who FKT? Well, I um, in, am in Portland, uh, just south of Portland, uh, with Marta and Dana and Stacy, who are also part of the project. Um, so I've known them all through my running for many years. Um, 
And I got involved when I was out one day with Dana, who um, had, who was, uh, we were starting to do a lot of adventures together. And she was telling me about this project that Marta had cooked up. And I had kind of heard it alluded to by Stacy. She said, oh yeah, Marta's got this FKT project. It was all very mysterious. And so Dana shared with me what Marta was starting to think about, that she wanted to get a bunch of women together to try and set women's FKTs around here. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a cool project. I would love to help in the background because at that point I was like, you know, FKTs are not for me. I had had many years actually leading up to that of increasingly frustrating performances at races and things were just getting slower. And I was kind of feeling like, you know, like I I think all those days might be over. And I'd gotten really comfortable in kind of background roles uh, within the ultra running community. So I was um, photographing trail races. for the local races. And then I kind of got into some ham radio stuff to provide that sport support. So naturally I said, you know, I can help out. Like if you guys need photography, I could help with that. And I have some media contacts and, and I could do some social media for you. And that's all I was thinking was just let me help in the background. Um, and so there, they said, okay, sure. Come on board. And then it just evolved from there. Wow. Okay. That's so interesting because I think we all kind of go through that. And I'm 36, forgot for a second. Um, but some of my friends are older and starting to feel this transition of like, where are we in the racing yeah. community? Yes. And it's, so I just turned 50 this year. So like I said, the last five years, six years, I realized I actually had kind of been in that perimenopause transition and mm. um, eventually kind of realized that actually a lot of the things that were happening to me were re- related to that transition. So it's been like this kind of cool journey, um, you know, with the FKT project to sort of redefine myself and refine like my strength and and all those things out there on the trail as a result of this project, which is really, you know, what this project is about is helping women find, you know, things that they didn't know about themselves, discover what they are capable of doing that, that might be beyond what they think their limits are um, before they get started. Totally. And I think the idea with the FKTs that I think COVID brought them out for a lot of people as well, myself included, where I maybe before wouldn't have had the same interest and sort of thought, that I was learning as much as I could learn from races as far as like what I'm capable of, but having to plan a route and the logistics and the safety and the support all yourself is kind of a whole other level of empowerment I found, which is pretty cool. Yes, I totally agree. Um, yeah, when you're, when you're going out there, you know, especially if you're going out there alone and learning to navigate, you know, those fears and anxieties that come with that and yeah, learning how to keep yourself safe and y- it's pretty amazing the skills that you just pick up along the way because you have to in order to keep yourself safe. Um, and yeah, I found that that part of uh, getting ready for this FKT to be, uh, you know, really, really interesting. I also, I've worked as a race director. So I think that I've heard FKTs also described as like a race that you put on for yourself. And I think that seems really appropriate. So it was, you know, I had some of those skills coming in, you know, of of planning, but kind of bringing all those skills together into one place was, was uh, actually a really cool uh, culmination of, of the things that I've learned through the years. So yeah, that I do love that aspect of FKTs is planning for yourself because yeah, you, you just learn so much and, and get so much confidence from it. 
Yes. And I love that you can do any distance as well. So the one we're going to talk about with you is pretty epic, but you don't have to be very experienced. You can make your own five mile loop somewhere that's really funky. And maybe it's just an uphill or just a downhill, just so that everybody can be involved. But you talk about kind of feeling like, okay, so maybe you're just going to be in the background to Mm -hmm. just coming off 188 mile FKT. Yes. Yes. It was quite quite a journey. (laughs) Talk us through the transition. Was there a particular moment where you were like, wait a second, I'm not done yet? Well, so, you know, I think as we started, you know, talking about this project, it, it's really exciting, right? And you, and I'm starting to hear about women doing all these cool things. And I'm starting to feel that seed again of like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to be done. Like, while I've been telling myself this story that things might, you know, be winding down and it might be, you know, stand up paddle boarding and five mile hikes for you, there was still this like little itch inside that was like, no, like, there is there is a desire there to still push limits. And so Stacy had actually approached me about, you know, this route that she was looking at, this Olympic Peninsula FKT. And so when she described it to me, well, first of all, she said it was like 168 miles and that was clearly wrong. But, um, you know, I was like, okay, it's like 170 miles and it's backpacking. Like I know how to, I can backpack, I can hike. And I was really thinking of it as kind of like an extended backpacking trip and not actually an FKT when I said yes. And uh, it was kind of funny. So we were discussing our training and she said, yeah, I'm looking at a 200 mile training plan, you know, for like a 200 mile race. And I started to tease her. I was like, oh, wait, you're going to do a 200 mile race while we're also getting ready for this FKT. And then it was like, I just stopped. I was like, oh no, like, wait a minute. Like we're both having to train for a 200 mile race. Like that's essentially what you're doing. And I think that's when it got really real for me. And I kind of panicked like, oh my gosh, I think I'm over my head. But yeah, so it was like one of those things that I was really just thinking about the trail and how cool it would be to see this part of Washington that I'd never seen before and to learn how to navigate the coast and tides. And so I really got caught up in in what we would be learning and seeing and really forgetting what we'd be doing to our bodies. And so that's, I think, how I, I got into it. But then once you're into it and once I've committed to Stacy you know, it was like, you can't really back out. Even though I tried, I tried on her. I was like, you know, are you sure you want me to come? Like, maybe, maybe not. But she, um, she was uh, really encouraging. It was like, no, you're, you're doing this with me. And it got me, got me to the start line of it. That's so awesome. And didn't you guys just finish this a few days ago? Um, it's actually been a couple of weeks now. We started on August 14th and it took us uh, six days and five hours. So we were done by the 20th. So we've just been in recovery mode and, uh, I'm finally getting my feet back to normal. I, I beat up my feet quite significantly, but yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now. And the thing about that FKT is that because of the coastal sections, there are only certain like certain days that you can do it with where the tides are favorable enough. So we only had like four or five days to pick from to start our FKT um, this summer. So it was like, you know, you got to take what you get and, you know, hope for the best weather that you're going to get. And uh, yeah, so we started August 14th and finished on the 20th. Okay, because I was going to say, you sound quite chipper and recovered now, so I'm super impressed. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm finally back to running again and, and everything, so it feels a lot better. But the first two weeks, I sort of just laid around thinking, what have I done to myself? So six days, what was your goal time? Did you guys think this was going to be this long of an adventure? Well, we did. We Yeah, we figured it would probably be 
somewhere in that range. Um, you know, it, we did figure out that it was 188 miles at least <laughs> and, and that there was going to be, you know, again, with the tide pinch points, places where we had to rest, things that, you know, there's, there's some interesting restrictions on this route, places that you have to have a permit in order to camp. And we didn't want to break any rules and camp illegally because that really, that makes your FKT invalid if you do that. So there were some, some restrictions that where we wouldn't be able to necessarily go as far as we wanted to on a given day because we'd have to stop and camp for the night, um, knowing that we need a break. Um, so we, we were, we had as initially we wanted to chase the men's goal, which is five days and six hours. Um, and we started out, you know, going after that, but it was apparent after probably days, uh, two and a half or three that we were probably going to be a little bit slower than that, but we were still trying to get as close to that time as possible. So we had brought enough food for at least six days that we could stretch to seven, but yeah, we were, we were really hopeful that we wouldn't have to go to seven. So I talked a bit about this with Stacy because I think it's really interesting, even for, I've done a few FKTs that were around, I don't know, 15 or 16 hours or something. And you have to be pretty mindful of the other human you choose to spend that amount of time with when yes. you know you're going to be in your lows and highs. So yes. do you have any tips for how to navigate that? partnership over a multi-day event? That is a, definitely one of the big challenges. And I think, you know, before you go out and do anything with a partner, it's really good to, you know, do some test runs and see how things go. But even as it was, Stacy and I have done a lot of different things together and had some challenging moments, but nothing like six days with very little sleep. And that, you know, that's a whole nother ball game. Um, I think that it's really good to talk through your strengths and weaknesses prior to setting out. And that's something that we actually didn't really do um, until we were starting and talking about like, well, what kind of sleep do you need? When do you, you know, when do you perform best? What are the things that are um, going to be, uh, you know, your deal breakers or what, like what rest things are you going to need? And just kind of planning that out together before you get started. Um, we kind of had to do it on the fly and that didn't always work out as smoothly as we hoped. Um, and our communication would, you know, gosh, when we get tired, it was like we were speaking two different languages at times. So I think the more you can, you know, discuss that before you get started, the better off you are. And I think if we had the chance to do it again, we'd probably spend more time just discussing the things that we think we need would need along the way and um, working out like ironing out some of those communication things um, before before you get out under stress and that's fair because I mean even a marriage if I'm tired I'm like oh I'm gonna absolutely kill my husband so right. it almost doesn't matter how good your relationship is the closer the worst almost right a little yeah a little bit um yeah when you if you feel really comfortable not being very nice to each other yeah that that can be a problem but um thankfully we were we were uh pretty pretty civil most of the time you know but there was a few times where I I would get you know upset like I wanted to stop that was that was something that I really realized you know you talk about a journey of self-discovery when you do these hard things I realized for me if I set an expectation in my mind that like you know when we get to the top of this climb we're going to stop and then we weren't able to stop I would have a, just a mental meltdown. I became a toddler in my brain and everything would get so much worse. And so I really, especially as we 
you know, got towards the end, I'm like, stop expecting anything. You do not know what's going to happen. You might not be able to stop. You might not be able to, you know, get something to eat or whatever. And that, the more I could just be in the moment, the better off I felt. Um, so that was, you know, that was a definite learning moment about how, how our expectations can just set us up for misery. Oh, that's such a good point. Um, I love that because that's races, FKTs, like life yes. in, in general. Right. Yeah. When you're like, I, I swear the aid station is supposed to be here and where is it, you know, and then you just kind of have that spiral um, and it's amplified when you're talking, you know, five and six days on the trail. Um, you can really have some good meltdowns. <laughs> Bringing it back to kind of the whole FKT project in general. Mm-hmm. What is your goal with this personally? How would you like it to impact other women? Well, um, I when so when I came in, um, I was really thinking about the people on the margins like myself, who people who, you know, would look at the FKTs and think, wow, you know, I don't know that this is something for me, but I really want to support it. And I was, you know, really the advocate early on, like, let's give opportunities for people who don't see themselves out there to at least support. And through this process then of, of starting as a support person and then moving into actually setting, now I've set two for myself, that would be my goal is to get, you know, call people in and, and in what, wherever they're at at that moment. And then through, you know, like working with them and inspiring them, them, you know, being inspired by seeing what other women are doing, kind of getting, you know, lighting that spark for them and then helping them get out there for themselves. Because I think there are so many of us who look at this stuff and want to do it. And we're like, I don't know if I can. And the cool part of this project is that, that we, you know, we're trying to help each other get out there and be able to. And so for me, if I, if we can get more women trying this, like that's a huge win for me. And, you know, we set a lot of numerical goals, and, and we've been hitting a lot of them. That's been really exciting. But I knew like for me, if we just even got just a handful of people inspired, that would be a win for, you know, in my mind. And I think that's, that's, what's been so cool is seeing that like, you know, we're, we're connecting with people and people are responding to this and, and being able to talk about women's accomplishments, you know, where, we just don't get that spotlight very often. It's been really fulfilling um, for me to be able to help do that and to know that, yeah, we are getting people who didn't think this was possible for themselves actually out there trying. And that, that is an amazing thing. I actually think the response from the women is, is mind blowing. I mean, you can have these ideas, but to actually get it out there and get people respond and then act on it is, is pretty impressive. And that you guys started this just so recently. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was just, you know, an idea that we thought we would go for. And, you know, I've looked, um, I've been really fascinated by the disparity in the, like the big races, like Western States and Hard Rock and UTMB. Like, why are there so, you know, why are there, you know, 80 and 90% of the entrants are men and only 20, 10 to 20% are women. Like what, what is that all about? And, you know, there were some conversations a few years ago about, you know, that disparity, but I didn't, there was nobody like saying, well, what, you know, what can we actually do? Like what are actions we can take? How can we actually, you know, get more women thinking they're capable? And that's what I think has been so cool about this project is I feel like we're actually doing something tangible to get more women out there and, and finding out that they are capable of so much more. I mean, for me personally, now having done this 
big FKT, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I think I, I might be able to actually do a 200 miler if I wanted to. And like a hundred miler now, I'm like, oh, so much more possible. And yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, you know, I did not think like a year ago, I, you, I would have laughed hysterically if somebody suggested me doing a hundred miler. I'm like, there would be no way in the world or a 200 miler, no way in the world I could do something like that. And now I'm like, wait, the possibility is there. And that's, I mean, that's what I think is just amazing about how this project project has evolved. It's like actually doing that work of getting, you know, getting women going and trying really cool, hard things. And it's, oh, it's so inspiring to see what, what, ladies are coming up with. It is. It really is. I'm, I'm loving it and learning all of the things and going through your Instagram is so much fun because there's so many roots out there. And I mean, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like Vancouver. So it's nice to be like, I could actually go do that. So it's extra fun, but fun here anywhere. Yeah. Um, so what would your advice be if someone was listening to this and they were kind of where you were and like, you know, I don't even know where to start. Um, how do you just What's the first step? What's the first few steps? I think probably the first step, looking at the fastest known time routes and seeing what's out there and kind of digging into them and looking at places, you know, if if you're already out on the trails, looking at places you love to go. If you're not on the trails yet, look at places that you want to go. And I, I find, I mean, for me personally, I find routes inspiring. And that was, I mean, that's what got me even interested in the Olympic peninsula um, route was that I'm like, wow, that looks like a place I really want to go. I've never been out there and it looks amazing. Like there's some coastline and there's mountains and like, what would that be like? Um, And then allow yourself to the, you know, to give yourself like, yeah, this is something I could possibly do. And maybe you're slow, you know, you're on the slower side of things and that's okay. I think that even just setting, I call it a known time, like don't worry about the fastest part, just, you know, find a route and just and just try it. It doesn't matter if you get the fastest time or not. I don't think, um, it's really about just the effort, the attempt and going through the step, the steps to, to try something like that. And maybe you set a fastest known time, especially if you find one, there's no men's time. If you, if you do it, you're You know, you can, you can put that in there as long as you, you've checked your Strava and you're, you know, nobody else has done it quicker. That's what, that's like, I like the long routes because, you know, those typically don't have any times on them anyway. Um, but just, you know, go through the process and see what that's like and allow yourself to dream and, but don't, don't worry about the fastest part. I think that trips a lot of people up because you think, oh, like you, what's that, that advice? Like never self uh, select, never, never take yourself out of, of the running before you try. And I think, I think that's just really great advice for FKTs too. just, just go for it, you know, and see what happens. And regardless of the outcome, you're going to learn something and you're going to gain some confidence and you are going to, you know, find yourself capable of more than you thought. And that's where I would, that's, I mean, that's how I started and that's where I would start. Um, if I were, were starting this again, that's great advice. Can I ask you a quick administrative question? Because I should have asked Marta, uh, but I totally forgot. But the difference between self-supported, unsupported, and supported. Yes. Do you know this? Yes. All right. So a supported attempt is one where you can get help from anybody along the way. Um, You can have crew, you can have pacers, you can have somebody bring an RV and you can camp in it. And anything that you can devise for yourself 
makes up a supported attempt. And that includes even having a photographer. We didn't realize before I got started, I thought, I didn't realize that if you had a photographer out there, it becomes a supported attempt. So I actually haven't really? photographed any FKTs because that would make a supported attempt. And most people like to do self-supported or unsupported, but that's mm. a supported attempt. Um, an unsupported attempt means you have everything with you that you're going to possibly need and you don't take any outside help. Like it's just what you can carry with you or what you could forage along the way. So you are allowed to like eat berries along the route or you could, you know, get water out of streams or whatever. That's an unsupported attempt. And then in the middle is a self-supported attempt. And that's what Stacy and I did. And what you can do there is you can use any resources along the route that somebody else could also use. So we actually rented, there was like a little like resort that was right on the course um, after the first night. And we got an RV there um, to sleep in. We thought that's where we were going to sleep the night before and then drive up and everything. So it was going to work out. Um, And so it gave us a place. We stashed some stuff. So the first day we didn't have to carry all of our food so we could travel a little bit lighter. And we were, you know, slept there for the night and that kept moving. So somebody else could come along and use that as well. And the same goes like for restaurants or anything like that. So anything else that can be replicated, that becomes a self-supported attempt. Okay. So I don't understand how that guy could have done this unsupported so he would have had to carry all of his stuff for five days yeah Yeah, which we could have done it too um it was just the fact that we decided to get that rv that made turned us into a self-supported attempt had we not done that and we just had all of our food the first day then we would have been unsupported so really yeah but he had to carry i think he said he had seven days worth of food he didn't know how long he was going to be um he just did a monster last day he got tired of being out there i think and did like 67 miles um but yeah so yeah that would have just that's all we would have needed to do um so just be having food like crazy yeah a lot yes i oh man that many calories is it's kind of crazy I'm like, I can hardly carry breakfast. It's so many calories sometimes. Yeah. I think Stacy said she had 30,000 calories on her. I mean, I, I got to like 22 or 23,000 calories. I was like, oh my God, this seems like so much, but I ate Honestly, everything I brought. That should be a stat on the website. How many calories? How many calories? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. There should be a picture of her bear vault though. She even had a smaller bear vault than me and had enough, like seven or 8,000 calories more than me. It was crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I love every one of you has such great energy. This, uh, this episode, possibly two episodes are going to be so great. (laughs) Oh, good. Last question I'm asking all of you, if you could describe accomplishing an FKT in three words, what would they be? Three words. I would say challenging, inspiring, and memorable. Awesome. Those are perfect. I totally agree. If our listeners want to find more of you and chat with you specifically, do you have an Instagram and if not, or a website, anything like that? I do. I have an Instagram. It's runner.terry, T-E-R-I. And I try to just post photos um, of, of my adventures and things like that. So yeah, and I would be happy to answer any questions anybody had about FKTs or running after menopause or anything like that. You know, that's a big one. I feel like I have a lot of guests who are like, there's no info on this. And I'm like, I also can't find any. So 
Yeah, no, there's, there's, we're getting more sources out there. I love the podcast Hit Play, Not Pause. That actually um, was one that kind of changed things for me because they talk so much about what it's like to be running in perimenopause and menopause. And that was when I realized that like, maybe it's not me. Maybe I'm not broken. Maybe I'm just going through a life change. And then it turned out, oh yeah, that's actually what was happening. I just, I didn't know. I had no idea. It seemed really early to me. And um, yeah, that's a really good resource for people looking for more information about sports performance, athletic performance, and and that life change um, and how it all comes together and the, the changes you need to make. I highly recommend it. Oh, that's an awesome resource. Thank you. I'm actually going to um, link to that in the show notes as well. Sorry, hit play, not pause. Yep. Awesome. Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and recovery. And I can't wait to see what you take on next. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm here with the next guest of our Women Who FKT miniseries, Danielle Snyder. And she is a coach and licensed clinical social worker and expert on the mental barriers that women face in trail running and ultra running in general. So welcome to the show, Danielle. Thanks. Glad to be here. So we did just have a minor audio hiccup and have to redo our intro. So is that okay? Are you okay to tell us again how you got into running and where you're from? Yeah, maybe I can do the shorter abbreviated version this time. (laughs) Um, So I'm originally from the East Coast. I started running, I think I was 13 with my mom actually she'd run in the morning laps around the neighborhood and one day I joined her and I absolutely loved it that's awesome I love that that's so cool to have that shared with your mom as well so you're a coach I think that's interesting so we before we get into how you are involved with women who FKT tell us about your coaching what distances and how did you get into that yeah um well I coach, I mean, from people who are just starting to run to, you know, I have a couple of people who do like the 200 milers. Um, only thing that I ask is that people are passionate and want to willing to give it a try. Um, I approach it a little bit differently than I'd say other coaches with my focus being on mental health and wellness. So really wanting people to be able to fit running into their life um, and have it supplement rather than take away. And, you know, of course, when you're training for a 200, it's going to drain you and take away and stuff like that. But really finding a balance with how you're inviting it into your life. Talk about how you found women who FKT. Sure. Uh, Well, I have my own experience with doing FKTs and trying to empower women to and uh, to be more involved in the FKT scene. So I think it was, I think people are really good with dates and I'm not one of these people. But a couple of years ago, me and one of my good friends, Jameson, decided that we were going to take on uh, the... Oregon section of the PCT and put a women's time down on uh, that. And our whole mindset behind choosing that one was to empower other women to go after something big to try. And so it was so incredibly hard. (laughs) Um, But, you know, 
Jameson was able to join me for, I think a little more than half of it. And then she got injured. Um, and I was able to be the first woman who completed the fastest known time for that. And the, I think one of the most amazing parts was later that year, I got a, a message from Emily, one of my good friends now. And she was like, I want to go after it. I don't know you, but I would love to like get your support. And so I was able to help her and like pass along that knowledge that I gained to then get another woman on the board who actually took the overall FKT time, like beat all the guys as well. Oh, that's and so, so cool. Yeah, it was, it was so cool to be like out there with her and not suffering. <laughs> like <laughs> she, she, and appreciating like, wow, this is like, this is why I did the FKT was like to help other women get involved. So I have this kind of background of doing that and Marta, I actually coach. And so when she came to me with the idea after completing Hard Rock, I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, and Marta did a lot of, Marta and the other women, I mean, they were, they've done a lot of work on getting like this off and running. I just like, it mind blows. It is mind blowing to me how much like they have studied these routes and Marta like has come up with this spreadsheet where if you are in the Pacific Northwest and you need an FKT, Marta is your woman. Like she knows everything about this right now. She totally does. Yeah. We spoke to her first and it sounds like it's something she wants to continue, but the amount of work she has to do to keep it going is also overwhelming. So I'm kind of hoping that people listen to this and have a way of continuing this project because it is so inspiring to see how many people have seen it and jumped on board and wanted to be a part of it and to change the statistics on who has the FKTs, but it can't be all on a couple of people to do all the administrative side of that. So I hope something comes of this. Yeah, that would be awesome. What is your role with women who FKT? Good question. Um, (laughs) like Stokes per- spokesperson, I really get excited for FKTs, encouraging my athletes. So if we have listeners who are like, okay, I kind of think this is cool, but I'm not an elite runner. And so how could I ever do a route faster than anybody else? What would you say to them to get them involved or to maybe find a way that it would be possible for them? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that is something I can speak to. And I think I'm always available to talk to people about finding routes or training that works for them because you don't, that's the cool thing about FKTs is like, you don't have to be the fastest person. You might have to be the grittiest person, or, you know, you might have to be the most dedicated person or someone who is willing to do something that like, I don't know, I personally wouldn't be willing to do like I don't know, like there was an FKT I did on Rogue River Trail and there was tons of poison oak that I did not realize uh, about. And I got horrible poison oak and I will never do that route again. So there are tons and tons of routes out there that like highlight your specific talent and it's just helping match and find what empowers and excites you. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. Um, 
especially if you maybe only like to go uphill or only like to go downhill. I think there are routes out there too that just kind of specify in certain strength in that aspect too. Yeah. And I think we often minimize runners to be like, to have to have to be fast in order to be successful. But that's why I love trail running. Like I'm definitely not the fastest, but I know I'm super gritty. And so like we were talking before we started recording, I've been running on the treadmill, which a lot of people would do, but like, you know, like I'm like, I'm gritty. This is what I'm going to do in order to get my training in. And so that's what I personally bring to whatever event that I'm going to do. And so really connecting to the values and then being able to bring it to the adventure. Do you think grit can be taught? I think every skill can be taught. So if someone came to you and they're like, that's my weakness, I'm not tough and I'm not gritty. How, how would you go about training that in someone? Well, first I would want to talk about their self-talk because it's like, Oh yeah, that's a bad example. Saying you're not tough is like, you know, maybe there are all things that we are more likely to want to dig deep for. So I would be curious, like what, like connecting that for that, because being tough doesn't mean you're tough at everything that you do. It just is like aligning your values. Like, I don't know. I am not tough in the winter. I'm a big, big baby. And so like, you could say, I'm just not tough. Or you could say like, oh, you know, winter for me is not my strong point. I have to really practice going out there. But it's like practice. Um, and I want to be like mindful of time. But it, this is just interesting. When I was in undergrad, I learned that resiliency was something you were either born with or not. And subsequently, they've come back and said that's not true. That resiliency is something that you can teach. And so, which is really cool because how much that's really suck? cool. Yeah, it would suck. I never agreed with it, but they were like, yes, yeah, some kids are born with it. Some kids aren't like, how horrible would that be? If you just like, we're one of those kids that weren't born with resiliency. Or we're told that you weren't born with it. Like, exactly. Yeah. And I think that is such a, like, that's what FKTs do is they teach yeah. you that you are resilient. And then when you go face something in life, you have this reminder of what you did to prove your resiliency and to strengthen that tool, and then can go about and accomplish whatever it is you want to in your life. And that is so what I love about FKTs because you can have to change the date. Like you could start it and not feel it and stop and try again the next day. Like there is no pressure. I mean, there's weather pressure and stuff like that, but like I, how my friend Liz actually, like she, I think it was the long trail. She just took the FKT on and she went out for it and she stopped after, I don't know, 50 miles or something because she wasn't feeling it. And then like a week later she went out and she took it. And so it's like such an opportunity to continue to try and push your limits in a safe manner what I like about running and FKTs in this project is like you are giving other people an opportunity to learn these skills and then apply them to life. And that's so magical that we have this sport 
that teaches us things and teaches us how to dig deep and, you know, hopefully respect and love our bodies and then bring that into other areas of our lives. So moving forward, if you could only do FKTs or only do races, which would you do? I think I know the answer, but I want to ask anyways. Oh, I do FKTs. That's so interesting. Cause some people, I feel like during COVID loved them, but then are so excited to get back to the energy of races. So I think FKTs are so fun in just like so many different ways. And I like that kind of revisiting this after they were such a popular thing during, F- during COVID, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I love, I actually, well, I love hate races. I get really nervous before them. And so it's been something that I've had to work on of, and FKTs, I don't, I mean, I get nervous, but it's like a different nervous. Um, yeah, totally. No, I know exactly what you mean. And then yeah. I, because we've been talking and part of the reason I ask is we have been talking a lot on the show about where's the balance of those pre-race nerves kind of being part of the fun to being too much stress where it's not fun anymore. Um, yeah. and the FKTs are kind of a nice balance of that, of like, this is a hard effort that means something, but it doesn't have that. Everybody's watching you anxiety because nobody has to know you're trying. No, they don't. I also believe like you can practice and work on that anxiety before races. Like that's something that I have put a lot of energy into. So I don't ruin races by my anxiety. Um, But, you know, for someone who's like kind of an old school racer and like, I like the ready, set, go. That's one one of the really cool things to me about FKTs is like, I'm just out there like there it's no frills it's messy and muddy and you know last question if you could describe accomplishing an FKT in three words what would they be I think I would probably say like that's pretty cool that's awesome I love that very fitting yeah that's pretty cool that we so can far, do it, it is yeah and it's pretty cool that this type of community has come on to cheer other women to um to do this and get this done and continue this project. So if our listeners want to find more of you personally, do you have somewhere that they can reach out to you and maybe chat to you about your coaching services? Yeah. Um, you can email me Danielle R Snyder at gmail.com or, um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is D L E smells D I E L L E smells. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. And um, I look forward to seeing what you accomplish in the future. Yeah, it was so nice to talk with you. I'm excited to also follow you more and hear kind of about your Wham! experience. I just want to take a second to talk about our newest sponsor, AG1 from Athletic Greens. So I started taking AG1 because I was feeling like I wasn't recovering properly from hard training, the addition of tennis and lifting, while also chasing a toddler around. And now that he's starting to play sports, trying to get him ready for everything. So I needed something to give me all the vitamins and minerals I needed for gut health, for immune system, and for recovery. And I need it to be fast and easy. So enter AG1. So you are getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. And the best part is it actually tastes good. So that makes it easy. I put it on my counter. I take it every morning. I don't even have to think about it. I've had green powders before where it was a mental battle to take it, and I just don't have enough 
energy left for additional mental battles after the three-year-old and I get into what he wants for breakfast. So I've definitely found the benefits from this. I think recovering from WAN 100 was probably the best and easiest recovery I've ever had. It's lifestyle friendly, so you can be keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and it has one le- has less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs and no nasty chemicals. It costs you less than $3 a day. The founder actually founded AG1 because it was costing him over $100 a day. So it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements and you're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Hey, I'm here today with my last guest of our mini series for women who FKT. Dana Katz is a coach and as Marta said, unquestionably the most enthusiastic member of our leadership team and the best at making these accessible to women of all different speeds. So I'm so excited to get into that and a bit about your story. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. So let's get a little elevator pitch from you first. Where are you from? Who are you? And how did you get into trail running to begin with? Sure. I grew up in Pennsylvania and moved to the West Coast after college because it seemed like that's where all the cool stuff was. And it turns out I was right. And I, uh, let's see, trail running. You said, how did I get into trail running? I was doing triathlon and then I met someone who I knew who did a hundred miles, which seemed insane to me, but it was someone that I knew, right? So it seemed like, okay, this is someone that I've had dinner with, maybe it's something that I could try too. So I started trail running and quickly left behind triathlon after I found the trails and started doing marathons and ultras and, you know, it spirals from there. That was back in about 2006 when I started. And then I became a, I transitioned my career and became a running coach over 10 years ago, moved to Portland, Oregon to do so and have been happily doing that ever since. So that's the transition for me. I'm still doing adventures, some races, but mostly adventures myself now and really enjoying coaching others. So I got into the Women Who FKT project knowing Marta and she was, uh, we were on a run together and I was super excited to hear about her run at Hard Rock, which she had been trying to get into for years, which was awesome. So she was telling me all about it. But then she was talking about sort of the sense of responsibility she felt after becoming a hard rocker, which I loved that sense of there's more than just I finished this race. So anyway, she was talking about FKTs and how there was such an underrepresentation of women in FKTs. And it was one of those moments, maybe you've had one of these where it's an idea that's so good, you're just annoyed that you didn't think of it yourself. So I definitely had that moment where I was like, if you don't let me help you with this project, I am going to be really upset. So luckily, Marta <laughs> um, embraced not just doing it herself, which is so amazing. And so I've been um, helping and being a part of this project ever since then. 
That's fantastic. I, she was bang on. Your enthusiasm is definitely contagious. So can you tell us what is your involvement with, uh, with women who FKT? What do you try and bring to the team? Yeah. So I guess it's a couple fold. One of the things is, you know, many hands make slight work. And at first when Marta mentioned the project, it sort of didn't occur to me just how much work there could be. You know, it sounds like just tell people what's going on and there we go. But really, you know, we have people doing social media and we have people you know, Marta basically is a database in her brain of different FKTs trying to connect people. So right now, my role just specifically, um, making sure that people are getting on our newsletter. And I'm also the shipping department for our awesome women who FKT buffs. And that's sort of the mechanical part. But also as a coach, I'm really working on trying to change people's minds about their own ability to do an FKT. So for me, I remember when the right in the beginning of the pandemic, someone said to me, you know, oh, don't worry about, you know, I know there's not races, but can't your athletes, you know, work on an FKT? And I said, and I look back on this so with such disappointment in myself, but I remember thinking, well, that's kind of for fast people and there's not a lot of people doing those. So it's not really, you know. That doesn't have a mass appeal. And it really bums me out that I had that kind of thinking about an FKT, which was so wrong. Um, so coming forward to now in my coaching, I went from never having coached one athlete doing an FKT to this summer, I've had five athletes having completed an FKT of any of, of all different distances, different surfaces. So I love that. And so I hope that I can be the enthusiastic evangelist and helping coaches understand that they can encourage their women athletes uh, to do an FKT and also encouraging athletes that I'm working with in any way to do their own FKT. Yeah, I love that because you're right. That is kind of the one barrier where races, it's like, yeah, come be the mid-pack, come be the back of the pack. Or even if you don't finish the race, it's no big deal. Come for the experience and and learn about it. Um, but for FKTs, it sort of feels like, well, if I'm not going to win, then there's not a point in doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's so many reasons to race and you're exactly right. That's why it's so beautiful. I mean, I have athletes trying everything from winning their age group to beating a cutoff and it didn't feel like that to me with an FKT, but it's actually really far from the truth because the FKTs, first of all, it's just ridiculous that we would accept that there's no FKT and that anyone is thinking in their head, well, that's not for me, right? It, it doesn't matter if the FKT is, you know, quote unquote, slow, or you think it's, it's not a great time. No one else has done it. So go do it. Right. And the other thing is uh, some of the FKTs are just brutally long and require skills that some of the fastest runners out there are, don't have, and aren't going to take a week of their life to go do something hard like that. So there's space for everyone and um, making sure people understand that is huge and has been just the best part of this whole thing. Yeah, for sure. The, um, the satisfaction of, and we've talked a bit about this with the other guests as well, um, of helping somebody kind of realize that they, they can achieve one of these is, 
is pretty cool. And I think that is probably why it has grown so fast too. Because if you think that you guys just started this almost a year ago, and the amount of people that are getting excited about it on Instagram or in your newsletter, or just the people that emailed me, and you guys were actually requested to be on the show, which is pretty oh, cool. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Me, the biggest thing is the, the number, I think we're at 58 women who've set their first FKT. I mean, what? that's a huge number. If you think about it, it's not a huge number if you're looking at the whole world of runners or trail runners, but you know, it's not a very long time that we've been at this, right? The season isn't is still going so I just that to me is amazing that's probably that's 58 people who either never thought of it as a space for them or thought they were too slow or just never even really thought about it so it's important um to even this up (laughs) making a new space for women to stand and what I love is that we're already seeing and you probably see this as a coach as well you know someone does something really hard or something they didn't think they can do. And it changes you forever. And it doesn't just change you as a runner. But I think the best part is that it it cracks open something in yourself that you see yourself as someone who can do this hard thing. And then maybe you can do that hard thing in the rest of your life, right? Asking for the raise or, you know, starting a new job or just, I don't know, all kinds of things. And that's what I love the most as a coach, getting a front row seat to that cracking open and becoming more confident and discovering new pieces of yourself. And, and that's to me, what this is about. It's, you know, less about the running, the routes, whatever, that's cool, but it's just such a cool vehicle to getting to the next place. So if that keeps spreading, I'm a, I'm all in. Totally. I know exactly what you mean. And sometimes as a coach as well, it starts just running and then you end up getting these emails where the running has impacted their life, just as you said, and then they've made this huge change or, um, gone after whatever it is and so yeah I mean that will only impact the world in a positive way so what you guys are doing is super cool what about personally for you what do you have any goals any FKTs that you have your eye set on or races at all yeah so good question so I think it's a good time for me to talk about my own FKT journey which definitely was a I'm not doing that I'm not fast enough I um, you know, a mid-pack runner. I'm definitely a better coach than I am a runner myself. I love it and have enthusiasm, of course, but you know, it just doesn't occur to me that an FKT was something that I would try. Even when we started the project, I thought, well, it's not for me. And something that I love to do is travel internationally and try, you know, new things. I like racing internationally and just seeing new places. So um basically. I started thinking, well, maybe this is something I could do. And what if there's an FKT in somewhere I've been eyeing to go? And so in spring of this year, I went to Montenegro with a friend and the two of us set out to do an 100 mile FKT across the mountains there. It had three mountain summits and was kind of gnarly route. We started hoping we'd get it done in three days. Anyway, we did not accomplish our goal, which is totally fine. That happens, right? Especially when there's two people, you know, both people have to be having a good day at the same time and not have jet lag or stomach issues or foot issues or any of those things. So it was really a cool opportunity for me to plan a trip far away, work on the trail logistics, give people the idea that you can do this thing. It 
and it might not go right. We call them an FAT and att attempt for a reason, right? Mine was an attempt. It didn't happen. And that's okay. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't quite okay in the exact moment, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it now because shoot, I tried something hard and I'm going to be back. Maybe not to that exact trail, but I'll be eyeing some other FKT routes that are out in the world, places people might not think of and try and get one myself here soon. That is such a good point. I'm so glad you said that. We talked a bit about before the show about, is there anything that was missed in these interviews? And yeah, making this a run vacation and an epic thing, I think is something that should get people excited. Um, I love going places for a race, but then you sort of have to go at the mercy of the time of the race and all these things. And maybe it doesn't fit with your own life. But um, one thing too, even as a family, I have two stepdaughters and a son, um, having them kind of see their mom and a friend put together a plan and go accomplish something and everybody can, if it is supported, they can be the aid stations and be a part of it um, is pretty epic. And then you get to go relax on a, a beach if that's where you choose to go. Um, yes, yes. Knowing you've done something. So that's a really good idea too. So- <laughs> Um, I love it. Well, anyway, so everyone can, can out there, there's an FKT out in Montenegro. It's a beautiful place to visit and it still doesn't have a woman's time. So go get it. Yes. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to text my training partner right after this. Yes. I'll give you some intel on the first uh, 40 miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, just the ability of everybody working together. And we, my training partner and I actually, who race together a lot, um, during COVID did FKTs just for lack of other things. And I did think one of the cool parts was if it had a previous time, just the communication of like, oh yeah, this is how you can beat my time, which is something that only happens in trail running, I think. Um, and, you know, I will say kudos to all the men. I know that, you know, a lot of the times that women are striving for don't have other women's times and the men, at least the stories I've heard, the men have been super supportive. I know the guy who set the FKT on our route was totally cheering for us. He was answering our questions like crazy, following along on our effort. And, um, that was so cool, but I've heard from other people and I'm encouraging, you know, making sure that women do reach out to get that trail intel. Why not? And um, kudos to all the guys giving that support to everyone who's been reaching out to get the information and go get those FKTs. I think, um, you know, this is, a, you know, we, we talk all about the women here, but um, there's men that are out there encouraging this and that is amazing. And so we have to give that the, the moment it's due. Yes, actually, you're, you're totally right. Um, so last couple of things here, I guess, just to sum up everything we've talked about a bit, if somebody was listening to this, and I've asked a couple other people too, but I kind of want to get everybody's opinion. Um, and they were like, I, I'm interested. I understand it's inviting, but I don't really know where to start. And I'm still a little um, unconfident that this is something I can do with my ability level? Where do you suppose people start to get involved? Yeah. So I, it might be intimidating, but truly we are matchmaking routes for people. And when I say we mostly Marta, but we're all happy to do it. We've looked at the, F the fastest known time website, each of us probably a thousand times and know so many routes out there. And a lot of us have in our head, which ones are um, still needing some times or have times that might be um, beatable by someone um, 
you know, faster or whatever it is. And so reaching out to the women who FKT, hopefully you'll link our Gmail account in their show notes or whatever, but um, reaching out to us to just say, you know, I'm nervous about this, but this is where I am or whatever, we'll happily match make. But the other thing is just going onto the fastest known time website yourself. And it's so easy to use. There's a map with lots of dots on it, zoom in to the place where you want to go. That's how I found the FKT in Montenegro. But you can, you know, go to Colorado or go to any Caribbean island where your beach vacation is happening and see if there's an FKT. And then you can start getting some ideas for uh, routes. And so I think those are two spots that are um, really easy and accessible for anyone to just click and try. I love that. You're right. And it's kind of fun to peruse and, and daydream. So I second that notion. Um, last question that is kind of fun, and I don't give anybody warning. If you had to describe accomplishing an FKT in three words, what would they be? Life-changing happiness. Pretty awesome. And you are 100% right. Um, okay. So yes, I will link to the women who FKT Instagram and the Gmail account, but if anybody wants to chat with you personally, possibly about your coaching services or just in general, do you have a website, Instagram, anywhere that people can find you? Sure. I'm ultra you coach and I have a website at ultra and I can send both of those to you so you can link them, but yeah, definitely. Um, if anyone is in the Oregon Washington area and wants to reach out. We know those trails super well, but I am coaching people all over the country. So I've got people doing FKTs in Missouri and Colorado and all around. So um, get in touch. Awesome. Well, I love that. And I want to say thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to get this out and share it around. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for uh, amplifying our message. <laughs>